Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the business meeting for the Florida Council of the Blind 2021 State Convention. And good morning, ACB Radio. Everybody say good morning, ACB. Good morning. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, would everybody please rise? And Eugene Backey from Pinellas Council will lead us in the pledge. And I believe the flag would be to your left. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Eugene. Is Cache Wells here? Yep. yep. Awesome. All right, Cache is going to say our blessing. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for allowing us to assemble over the last couple of days. We thank you for covering and keeping us as only you can. We pray that as we dialogue and discuss the things of this organization, that you would continue to be with us with every idea, every concern, every a proposal that comes about, oh God. We thank you that you would just continue to bless us, bless every person that we encounter in this organization as we go about our days, as we go about our cities and our communities, that we impact lives, oh God. We just thank you again for keeping us and let us move forward in a positive manner, oh God, as we make decisions that will better us as an organization. And we thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <coughs> Can everybody please take please let's have a moment of silence for all of the members we have lost this past year. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Cashew. Sally Benjamin. Oh, a couple housekeeping things. Please remember, number one, put your phone and Apple Watch on mute. If you need to talk to somebody, please step outside. <clears throat> Two, Katie, you said you had a few um, things in the back. I do. Good morning, everybody. I have, I have a couple of items back here. If someone has lost them, I have a $100 bill. Does anybody want that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it to Mikey. I have a pair of tortoise shell glasses. Um, Pam called them cheaters. Did anybody lose a pair of tortoise shell glasses? I also have a pair of earbuds with a cord that looks like the other end would go into an iPhone. Did anyone lose that? I also have, it looks like it goes into a cigarette lighter in a car with two USB ports on the other end. I've got a couple of Braille magazines and a couple of print magazines. Okay, thank That's you, That's all I have. All right, thank you so much. <clears throat> Sally Benjamin, are you here? Oh, okay, cool. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, ACB Radio. Thank you for being here. Uh, Braille Revival League of Florida. 
Coalition for the Concerns of the Totally Blind, Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision, Greater Fort Lauderdale Council of the Blind, uh -oh. Greater Miami Council of the Blind, Greater Orlando Council of the Blind, Guide, okay, uh, Guide Dog Users of Florida, of Halifax Council of the Blind, Jacksonville Council of the Blind, Manatee Council of the Blind. I, I know Debbie's here. She had to take the dog out, but he didn't want to go. So she may be still out there dragging him. Um, my Amy Beach Council of the Blind, Miami Metro Council of the Blind, Northwest Florida uh, Council of the Blind. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Um, Palm Beach County Council of the Blind. Palm Beach. Pinellas Council of the Blind. Randolph Shepherd Council of the Blind. I mean, vendors of Florida, sorry. Sarasota Council of the Blind. Southwest Council of the Blind. Tallahassee Council of the Blind. Tampa Council of the Blind. Okay, commit committees. Access Committee. Archives Committee. Awards Committee. Budget and Finance Committee. Constitution and Bylaws Committee. Convention Committee. I'm sorry, y'all. I keep having to sneeze and I can't. <laughs> um, Education and Leadership Committee. Except I know you changed your name and I'm, it, I got this off the website, okay? Um, executive Committee. Yeah. Employment, I'm sorry. Employment Committee. Fundraising Committee. Yeah. Membership Committee. Project Insight Committee. Public Education Committee, Publications and Publicity Committee, Resolutions Committee, Technology Committee, President, First Vice President, Second Vice President, Treasurer, Recording Secretary, Membership Secretary here, Immediate past president. Okay. Okay. Um, and at large members. That completes roll call, Madam Chair. So I assume we have a quorum, right? <laughs> Sounds like it. All right. Next on the agenda is to approve the minutes from our 2019 business meeting convention. Do I have a motion? Okay. Remember when you make a motion or thank you. Do I have a second? I'm sorry, who? Thank you, dear. I couldn't hear you. Lorraine second, Mary. All in favor say aye. Opposed? 
Great job, Mary. <clears throat> Seems like that was a long time ago. <laughs> All right. Um, I would like to take a second to wish Deborah Kendrick and Tom Hansen a happy birthday. If you didn't go to the banquet last night, you missed an awesome presentation. Deborah, thank you. Um, okay, next is President's Report. I can't believe we did it, guys. <laughs> I can't believe that we were able, as a group, to pull this off. So please give everybody a round of applause. And thank you once again to the Greater Orlando Council. <laughs> we always love coming to Orlando for the hospitality room and the goodie bags and everything that GOCB does. So thank you so much. <clears throat> and I can't, I can be prejudiced on that, but I would say it if we were in Pinellas or wherever, so. Um, you know, FCB, once again, has done something totally different that nobody's ever done before. <clears throat> Last year, we were the first state to do a virtual. This year, we're the first to ever try a hybrid, and without... Ryan Cordell and John Richards and Rick Morin and ACB Radio, this would not have been possible. <clears throat> I also want to say congratulations to the five FCB members that applied for the first timer and the J.P. Morgan Chase Fellowship Leadership Fellow. DKM uh, Awards, and that was Cache Wells, it was Cynthia Hawkins, it was Greg Lindbergh, it was Anthony Corona, and it was Janine Flanagan. So congratulations. <laughs> and please give Anthony Corona and Greg Lindbergh congratulations because they were chosen. There was some pretty tough competition, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't hear you. Oh, yes, for sure. If you weren't chosen this year, you can apply every year until you get chosen. <laughs> no, they both got leadership. Greg got a uh, first-timer back in 16, 2016. Thank you for asking. Um, 
we have been, uh, you know, our chapter has been working so hard, and I'm not going to steal everybody's thunder. I'm just going to go quickly through this on accessible vote by mail, the um, access to vaccinations, which was completely and totally not user-friendly for us. Um, we are working with the uh, Disability Rights of Florida on sexual abuse against people, everybody. We started FCB community calls on a monthly basis, and I need ideas. So if you have any ideas, please get in touch with me. Um, our virtual legislative, legislative trip, once again, a <laughs> brand new thing, you know, and I won't say much about this. I'll let Cassandra, but we're trying to work on starting a, a member at large chapter. So <clears throat> it's not like we haven't been doing anything, even though it feels like we've all been stuck because of COVID. We have been t every day challenged with something throughout this past year. And we are FCB strong. And the last thing I want to tell everybody is in 2024, our national ACB convention is going to be in Jacksonville. <laughs> it's only three. <laughs> um, also, I wanted, and, and that concludes my president's report. So um, I also wanted to remind you that if you have a question or something to say, please raise your hand. We have a few people that are going to be running the mics and then wait a couple seconds to talk because when you start talking before you get a microphone, nobody can hear you. And please say your name. Thank you, Mikey. That's why you're my vice president. <laughs> So, um, do I need a motion to accept my report? Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, Janine. Anybody opposed? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for that motion and accepting the president's report. I, I am now going to speak to you as Mikey Wiseman, your vice president. Um, it takes a lot to keep this ship moving. Right. So as far as members, you are our oarsmen and you keep us moving. You as as um, you, you are the, the momentum behind us coming together in executive committee and making decisions. Um, you can't hear me. Oh. And making decisions, um, working at odd hours. Um, but it, it is important, uh, you know, Sheila did herself a disservice with, with the president's report because only because of time, right? But I would like to let you guys know that this ship would have hit an iceberg and been at the bottom of the ocean had it not been for our fearless captain. So please give Sheila an <laughs> applause. Didn't have to do that, but thank you. 
<laughs> um, okay, next up is committee reports, and we're going to do this as needed. So everybody knows the alphabet. We're going to start with A this time, <laughs> not, not T. So, um, and Sally, I forgot to tell you that uh, technology isn't here because I told him he could leave because he's on the train. So, um, all right. So access, archives, and awards. So Jim, would you if like you a microphone? If you all are planning to do a report and you have a mask on, please move it down because you sound muffled when you're on the microphone. Thank you. Good morning. I promise I won't be as long-winded as I was last night. Um, as all of you know, access has been very busy. Um, five plaintiffs um, and the Florida Council of the Blind, as I reported in November, sued the state of Florida election officials and 67 county supervisors of elections. We did this because as of April, May of 2020, the Division of Elections had not yet certified any vote-by-mail system for Florida voters. With COVID here, with access issues but being what they are, we felt it was imperative that the state respond to our repeated reiterated requests to certify the application that had been pending there for a while. Ultimately, on the eve of an injunction hearing, the state granted a interim or provisional certification that is good through March 31, 2022. You will be asked later this morning to consider a resolution um, directing uh, subsequent action with respect to certification of um, new and improved vote by mail um, and requesting applications from other providers as well. As a result of our litigation, a demonstration pilot project was set up in five counties to work for the 2020 election, general election. I must say that the use of the vote by mail system by blind voters in every one of the five counties except Volusia was dismal, abominable, 
thankless and insulting. For 21 years, this speaker and others in this organization have worked tirelessly to achieve accessible voting in this state. We have mounted obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And this vote by mail success was no less challenging to accomplish. We are at a crossroads. We cannot continue to advocate for accessible voting or for any other accessible issue unless our membership gets behind us, <clears throat> excuse me, and communicates in this instance with their local supervisors of election and uses the access that we work so hard <clears throat> to achieve. I no longer know what it takes to motivate our membership. I know what it's taken to motivate government officials. But guys, we can't do this alone. I can't account for the expenditure of money by our governments with the result being non-use. You have said by your resolutions, <clears throat> you've said by your actions, you want accessible voting. You said by your actions, you want to support accessible vote by mail. As you will see from this resolution, the ball is in the court of the members of this organization. And if you choose not to go forward and use that which we've worked so hard to achieve, it will only continue to haunt us and negatively impact in that which we achieve attempt to achieve in every other area of advocacy. <laughs> Members, chapter, presidents, <clears throat> officers, it's in your court. <clears throat> the access and the public education committees have done what they can do. Our officers have done what they can do. Our president has done what she can do. I've really done about all that I can do. Please, please step up to the plate. Thank you. Paul Edwards, so moved. Second, Paul, um, Tom Babcock. 
All in favor, signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed? Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> um, there's not much I can say about awards, except that it's been my honor and my pleasure. Thank you to my mentors in this committee, Shelley Sawyer and uh, Cassandra Jesse. I leave the committee in good hands, Barbara Brown and Kathy Salimi, and whoever they pick, I'm sure will do an amazing job. Um, Sheila, do, do I have to, I, I don't have to go through all the awards that we gave out, right? Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. I just want to basically make an announcement. If you uh, were an awards recipient on Friday and you did not get your plaque, please uh, let us know. And if you are a chapter uh, representative or board rep, I mean, yeah, board rep, or if you're part of a chapter of someone who got an award and was not here in person to get it, please also let us know so that we can send the plaque with you or plaques. Um, that would conclude awards. Okay. So um, do we have any of our scholarship recipients this morning? No? Okay. Oh. <laughs> Jim Crot moves. Do I have a second? Yeah, you, Wanda Stokely, I heard her second it. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Okay. All right. All right. Gabriel. All righty. So education and leadership, soon to be scholarship, I promise. <laughs> um, I have to uh, just share with everyone the amazing job this committee does. It's, it's in, it's, we reach our peak uh, the beginning of the year, but uh, it is a lot of work and it is so, so rewarding and sad at the same time because we would love to give scholarships to every one of our applicants. They're all so well-deserving. Um, I want to thank uh, my committee members for always having good discussions and always leading us into selecting the best out of the best. Um, please keep in mind that the Education and Leadership Committee is a door for FCB to welcome new members and to welcome those who we can mentor into becoming the future leaders of this organization. We had um, four recipients this year. Um, Grace Patterson got Gail M. Cross Edwards, Zalia Liebert got Teresa Blessing, Jose Bohorquez got uh, Timothy Turpin, and um, Leo Pena got Bobby Probst. We were very, very happy to receive an almost unprecedented number of applications. Um, I, I told Sheila, um, be careful with what you wish for, because I, I was 
freaking out the last couple of weeks coming up to the deadline because we had received very few applications. And uh, the weekend before the deadline, of course, <laughs> uh, my inbox just got flooded with applications and we were overjoyed. So uh, last, I wanna report that, yes, folks, I'm sorry, I, I have been slacking. I think I cannot let go of the name Education and Leadership. I promise that um, Debbie Grubb and myself have agreed to work on drafting the new mission and vision of our committee along with the name change. And um, Cynthia, you will be receiving that uh, within the next week. And next time we all convene, we will be officially the scholarships committee. If there are no questions, I will hand it over to Cassandra for a motion. All right, do I have a motion? Wanda Stokely, motion, do I have a second? second Jim Craw seconds, all in favor? All right, we got budget next. Just a couple announcements before I start. If you didn't get your reimbursement yesterday, then I'll be contacting you either by email or phone to um, approve it and I'll fix it and send it out. Second thing is um, if anyone, I mean, I've, I've told people that they can be paid by uh, Zelle, PayPal, and paper check. Um, the, most of, the most easiest way is to do it by Zelle. That's what the bank likes, but I can do it those three ways. Um, anyone who is here and did get a plaque or was awarded a plaque and is, wants to take it to, a, to a, the person or whatever, I have them. So I can try and get, you know, give them to you before you go. All right, here comes the budget and finance. On March 24th and 25th, we met, uh, the Budget and Finance Committee met. Uh, we cut, on the 24th, we um, met with Mark Webb, who is our finance person with Merrill Lynch, and um, went over our different things that we could do. This was brought up Friday at the um, uh, pre-board meeting, and it was approved that we can move up to another notch as far as making our investment a little more aggressive. Uh, it will be that I will contact Mark and have him do that. Um, if we're finding that we don't wanna do this, we can pull it out and no, no charges. Um, so that was our meeting there. The next night obviously was the uh, <laughs> budget. All right, so now we're gonna go over that real slowly and carefully. All right, now, current assets. Uh, our savings account, the DHSMV has $9,040.43. The Chase operating budget or uh, account has 50125 
$123.30, and our Merrill Lynch is now at $499,642.44. Total checking and savings is $558,000. $806.17. Other current assets is property mortgage is $57,486.82. Total at total current assets now assets now is six hundred and sixteen dot six hundred and sixteen thousand two hundred and ninety eight two hundred and ninety two dollars and ninety nine cents. Let's see here. All right, fixed assets, and this is our furniture, is eight hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Now our total fixed assets, I'm sorry, total assets is $617,192.96. Current liabilities, we have uh, payroll liabilities of $360. Now our total uh, assets and liabilities is $616,832.96. All right, now our budget. Ordinary income, where'd it go? All right, chapter, trans chapter transfer income, $1,250. Our awards, $200, so total income is $1,450. FCB convention income, uh, convention 15,000, convention sponsors, huh, we did a lot better this year, uh, 6,000, hopefully we can do that next year. $6,000, raffle is zero, first timers, 700, silent auction, 1,500. Total FCB convention income, Fundraising income, ACB Walk, 9,000. Uh, donations, 700. MMS, 6,000. Total fundraising income, 15,700. General income, chapter assessments, 2,000. Chapter dues, 4,800. Interest from property, 5,500. 5, uh, State of Florida DHSMV, 7,000. Our total general inc income, 
is $19,300 even. Miscellaneous income, $1,000. Total income, $60,650. All right, now we get to the now we get to the expense part, and I guess that's where I write checks and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, trap chapter transfer expenses, $1,250. Awards, 200 That's a, uh, an ending balance, uh, or a, um, yeah. His total is 1450 All right, convention expenses. Convention, 700. Hotel and lodging and meals, 15,000. Uh, convention insurance, $176. Uh, reps, officers, and reps, officers, and travel per diem, 3,500. Raffle is at zero right now. Our total expenses is 1,009, yeah, 19,000, oh, didn't get a comma there, $19,376. Fundraising, $200. General admin expenses, ACB dues is $3,125. Accounting fees, uh, bookkeeper is $2,400. Uh, CPA is $1,500. Total accounting fees is $3,900. Payments for services, admin wages, 13,000. Web admin wages, 3,000. Payroll taxes, 1,100. Total payments for services, 17,100. Uh, board meeting is 7,000. I'm almost there. Uh, communications and insurance, FCB Zoom, 150. Uh, computers, internet, and telephone is 1,600. Officer insurance is 800. Total con communication and insurance is 2,550. Then you have ACB donation of 1,300. Streaming and office supplies, FCB streaming and, 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 and equipment this year is zero. Office supplies is 700. Total streaming and supplies is 700. Whoa. All right. uh, ACB delegate expense is zero. Annual fees for the mailbox, 200. Annual report, 
$65. Department of Agriculture, uh, Department of Agriculture uh, and Charitable Contributions, 250. Total, um, total annual fees is $515. Page 10, um, scholarships, $4,000. Legislative and publications, we have state legislative expense, 1,000. ACB legislative seminar, 5,000. Um, software, hardware is 1,000. Web expense, 1,000. WCB, that, oh, that's White Cane Bulletin, I shortened it. <laughs> 1,000 total, total legislative and uh, publications is $9,000. Total general, general um, admin expenses is $71,716. Miscellaneous expense, 3,000. Total expense, is going to be $74,716. We have um, net income of minus $14,066. Other income uh, investment gains and losses, $14,066 for the balance. And that's where we are. Okay, Paul Edwards moved and John Harden seconded the acceptance of this report. Are there okay. any questions? I, um, Mark, I have a question. Uh-oh. <laughs> Under the scholarship expense, what did you say? Uh, okay, thank you. I, I, for some reason, I thought I heard five, and I was like, wait. No, okay. uh, no, I didn't. Uh, and thank gotcha. you, Dan, for, your, for listening there, buddy. And... <laughs> You know I'm listening. No, I know, I know, I know everybody's <laughs> listening, but it's just, it's just some people can. Are just... there any questions for Mark? What's Is your it... question? Hang on, we need a no. We need a microphone. I can repeat the question. Okay. <laughs> well, um, we we have a lot of investments, Janine, that we do, and that's what offsets it right now. But we're going to continue to fundraise, uh, and the MMS thing that we do—that's something that really I think is one of the neatest fundraisers we have, because it's it's a tax deductible uh, <laughs> tax deductible thing for you. The more you donate, that helps us because we get a, a quarterly income from them, uh, and that's American Council of the Blind. So that's one way that any every one of us can help. Um, and I think it's a worthwhile thing to do. Uh, well, that's always, you know, for any organization, it's always what you're going to have to do is whatever you can do to bring up ideas, bring in new, uh, new thoughts as to what you can do to, to earn money. That's a good thing. Any other questions? Any other questions? If you have a question, please raise your hand so that Somebody can call what I can do. What I can do is if you have a question, please just speak it. I'll repeat it. Okay. It doesn't sound like there's any more questions. Okay. So all I'll call favor. for the question. All those in favor? Those opposed? Nice job. Good night. Mark.
Thank you. Let me tell you, that's not an easy job for this organization. So good job, Mark. Thank you. Con uh, convention committee, Miss Katie. You guys, I think this just is absolutely exciting that we have this hybrid convention, that we have done it on ACB radio, that we're doing it here and in person. But I got to tell you, it's lots and lots and lots of work. So how do we start? Well, first of all, we have our hotel convention coordinator, Mikey Wiseman, who does a wonderful job getting our hotels. And I got to tell you, he is tough. You should see how he deals with these people. Ooh, I would not want to be on their receiving end, but Mikey does an absolutely amazing job for us. And then we have Dan and Leslie who work on getting us lots and lots of sponsors, as you heard last night. That's a lot of work because it takes a lot of money to put on a convention. And then Wanda does our exhibit hall, and that takes a lot of work to get the, with the exhibitors to... And the last couple of years, it's even more work because she's requesting that the exhibitors, it would be to their benefit so that they can make money, so that they can have virtual items played on ACB radio, either in video format or in um, spoken format. So she's been working with the exhibitors for a couple of months. And then all of you guys have submitted items for the program. We, your committee chairs wrote programs up and this convention is your convention. And that's why we ask of you, please send us what you want to sit and listen to during the convention during the weekend. So please keep that in mind next year. We want you to be able to tell us what you want to hear, what you want to see in the convention. So then after we did all that, we started with registration. And Sally does an amazing job with registration. We got the form up on the website and that we had a couple little glitches and we already know a couple things that we're gonna change next year. But, um, and then we had um, our wonderful goodie bags that Orlando did for us. And I'll give you in just a couple minutes all the things that, all the registration items, but um, it's just been an amazing convention and I have an absolutely fabulous committee and we couldn't have this convention without this, without this committee working, working, working. So how many people did we have at the convention? Well, we don't have exact numbers, but we think that 126 people are here. We have people listening on Zoom, and we have people listening on ACB radio. So in the White Cane Bulletin in our, um, what month would that be, Sally? August, no, July, August, White Cane Bulletin. I will write a report and give you all the numbers and all the statistics, because I'm going to have Rick tell me what our, what our stats were on ACB radio, because that we don't know. But we think it's wonderful that you guys from all over the country are listening to us. Then we had door prizes, and all of the chapters were wonderful and donated door prizes. 
Um, would you guys like to hear what we've donated, what we have done so far? I'm not sure that everybody has picked up their door prize. So I quickly want to read um, the door prizes that we have and give you a couple of more because there are some left. So one moment, please. I have to be able to read my note taker with both hands. So in order for this to happen, I'm sitting in the back of the room and I'm going to give you a, oh no, John, you don't need to help me. I put the microphone down my shirt. He's, I'm, I'm not sure if he's trying to help me put it down my shirt or if he wants to hold the microphone for me, but this hand turn, came over my shoulder. Turn your video on. <laughs> <laughs> now he went away, I scared him. <laughs> okay, can you hear me just as well? Okay, so our prize winners are GOCB donated $225 straight up cash. One went to Angela Fang, the other one went to Jack Kellogg, and they also donated a $20 Starbucks card, which I'm sure people have been working on. Um, wait a minute. And Angela and Jack got the $25. Donna Brown is going to get the, the Starbucks card. So Donna, you can drink coffee later on, <laughs> but you'll get to drink it. FCCLV donated a $25 Starbucks card, and that went to, oh, I'm in the wrong file. That's why I'm having trouble reading this stuff. These crazy note takers, what can I tell you? I sat here and did it specifically so I could do this really fast, and then I didn't get myself back into the right file. But I am now. Okay, so the GOC. The FCCLV file is Nancy Moore. Um, okay. We appreciate your effort, but you're a little muffled. <laughs> muffled my mask. Tell you what, can we go on to the next report, and then I'm, I, I need to get myself back into the right file, and then I will continue. So move on, please. Absolutely. I. Do you want me to um, accept your report? Yes, please. Okay, I'll, can I have a motion to accept Eugene Backey, Wanda Stokely second. All in favor? Opposed? Now Mikey's gonna add a little more to the hotel report. I mean, convention report. Um, now I'm Mikey Wiseman, hotel coordinator. <laughs> Um, folks, Katie mentioned the entire committee um, that birthed this baby that is convention. It really does take a village, as you know, but she forgot to mention herself, our fearless leader. So if we could please give her a round of applause. Um, as you know, many of you know, we, we lived through 2020 and our last convention was canceled. Um, as many of you also know, we had taken a stance many years ago to, in order to mitigate some of the overhead in, in venue selection, we contract a few years out and we do that in batches. In, yes, sorry about that. As a, so we contract in batches a few years out. Um, understanding that there were some legal nuances um, with our contract for last year for the convention. Um, 
those dates of following a protocol set by our, our parent organization, the ACB and stuff like that, we were able to renegotiate um, that contract for, just give me one second while I read my notes. <laughs> for May 16th, 2024. Um, as many of you know, when we had an original discussion about our upcoming venues, there was going to be an uptake in pricing, right? So uh, that convention stays at the actual original rate that we were looking at towards the end of our last batch, which was 104, including breakfast. Um, one of the challenges that we faced approaching this convention was that we had what we believed um, was an existing relationship with another hotel. This would have been our last time at the Sheraton Orlando North. Um, just by way of, uh, of life happening, there was some changes in management of that venue um, and we were informed that um, we did not actually have a relationship with them <laughs> which put us in a panic more me than anybody else right um, so there was a, a lot of immediate phone calls um, thank you Jim uh, you know, there's a person, by the way, I, I need to make a hard left here. There is a person that we failed to mention throughout all of this who has been an integral part of our dealings with hotels and helping us navigate legal nuances and what can we do and how to do things and verbiage. And that is uh, Jen Lane, which is Jim's daughter. And seriously, folks, without her, we would really be up the creek, okay? <laughs> um, so the short version of the story is we were headed to Tampa. We did have an understanding, and we were going to be paying $104 a night at Tampa. Um, and that would have started at this year's board meeting. Subsequently to that would have been next year's convention, also next year's board meeting, and finally 2023's convention. We found ourselves in a pickle because I had to give this report and y'all wanted to know where you had to go in the fall for your board meeting. Um, we went through the normal processes um, of putting out an RFP. We did go back to Tampa um, at the time that we were doing that, it was not the best climate for business negotiations. Um, at the, at, during one of the meetings in the convention committee or executive committee, it was suggested that we reach out to Sheraton Orlando North um, and explain our situation. I'm very pleased um, by their response. Um, so you have to take into account, if you would be so kind, that we were in a, in a jam and, and we were absolutely helped out um, in a very benevolent way, in my opinion. Sheraton Orlando North successfully bid 
on our fall board meeting for 2021, convention for 2022, fall board meeting for 2022, convention for 2023, and then we have that other contract that we moved for fall board meeting 2023 and convention 2024. When I came to them, I let them know what our situation was. Our original prices that we were looking at was 104 and, and they decided that they have enjoyed our group so much that they came in at $94 for our next board meeting and convention. So 2021, 2022, $99 for 2022, 2023, and our existing contract of 104, which would be 2023, 2024. So, so we are in a sliding scale, but Everything remains the same, breakfast, parking, so on and so forth. We did have to make a very quick and, and timely decisions in reference to dates. And I am going to be giving you guys the, the dates for all of our meetings and conventions through 2024 right now. I'll give you guys a moment to get your note takers if you need them. Um, I will also try to put out um, something in the White Cane Bulletin or some, I, I, I'm, I don't want to promise too much because I forget a lot, but I, I'll, I'll get this to you again in some way, shape, or form. So here goes. September 24th through 26, 2021 will be our fall board meeting. June 2nd through the 5th, 2022 will be our 2022 convention. June 2 through 5, correct. Fall board meeting, October 28th through the 30th, 2022 will be fall board meeting. Convention, June 1st through the 4th, 2023. November 3 through 5, 2023, fall board meeting. May 16 through the 19th, 2024 will be our convention. And that's what I have for you guys. Um, I would like to acknowledge um, that as we go through these next couple of years, donations are gonna be critical because there is an unfair burden put on GOCB. They have graciously co continued to help us and host us. I, I, am, I appreciate Orlando in its entirety. This was not our intention, but we did check with them and, and it was okay, but they are gonna need some help. 
And again, folks, we're on a sliding scale. So $94, $99, and $104. I would like to publicly thank the staff in the sales office and the management of the Sheraton Orlando North for continuing to host us and be willing to work with us. So folks, I hope you have found your way around this hotel because we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> And I don't know how anybody else feels, but I'm going to tell you what, they have bent over backwards for us. So thank you, Sheraton. Okay, Sheila, I'm ready to go ahead and continue. Okay, darling, go ahead. And just for everybody's information, John is holding the microphone for me, so it's not going to sound muffled. Um, before I get into the, to the prizes again, um, Terry Suarez came up with a wonderful idea for us for our convention's theme, and that was FCB Strong. So Leslie got us little bracelets that we've all been wearing that says FCB Strong. We've had them on all weekend long, and so we're going to have to go home and take the pair of scissors and cut them off. <laughs> all right, so our prize list, and some of the prizes, about two-thirds of the prizes have been given out, but... I just wanted to publicly say what they all are in case people did not get them. Sally does have them, and if you're not here, we will mail them to you. GOCB, $225 straight up cash. Went to, one went to Angela Fang, the other one went to Jack Kellogg, and a $20 um, gift certificate for Starbucks went to Donna Brown. FCCLV donated a $25 Starbucks card. That went to Nancy Moore. Tallahassee Council donated two $25 straight-up cash. One went to Julian Clement, and the other one went to Eugene Backey. I think Eugene Backey spent his in the auction last night. <laughs> HCB, Halifax Council, donated two $25 straight-up cash. One went to Paul Lewis. The other one went to Martha James. BRLF, Braille Revival League of Florida, donated two $25 Starbucks coupons. One went to Marilyn Vale, and I believe the other one went to Mary Thomas. I'm a little confused about that, but I think if, if Mary's, Sally or Mary clarified that for me. Uh, GDUF donated Walmart gift cards. This is one that hasn't been given out. Miss Kathy Salemi, raise your hand. She left. Oh, she left. All right, then we'll pop it in the mail for her. Um, CCTB donated a Darden $25 gift certificate. I know this guy is here. Jim Grott, put your hand up. All right. Yay. Palm Beach donated $25 straight up cash. This is a new winner for us today. Virginia Rempelakis, put your hand up. Oh, congratulations. I think she's here. Is Virginia here? Okay, good. Pinalis also donated two $25 gift, gift cards of straight up cash. One went to Sherry Sitzma. She got hers yesterday. And the other gentleman I know is here. And if he's not, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. John Harden. 
Okay, and we have more of the uh, memory CDs to give out, but how about I do that a little bit later on after some of the reports? Thank Thanks, you, Katie. guys. Thank you. And thank you to all of the chapters that donated door prizes. <clears throat> Cynthia, are you ready? Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on, we have a question. Good morning. Uh, this is uh, Ray Campbell. I actually don't have a question, I just have a comment. I wanted to say that I uh, certainly enjoyed being with you all this weekend. Um, I came here for one purpose, and that was to observe how a uh, hybrid convention could work, because we're going to certainly have to do that at the national level and uh, in Illinois as well. And uh, you guys have, uh, as usual, uh, Florida uh, the, is pioneering, and uh, you've done a wonder what, I, what seems to me a wonderful job of um, uh, of the uh, the hybrid, making sure that uh, that um, everything was good. One of the biggest things for me was: Will everybody get an equal opportunity to participate, regardless if you're in person or virtually? And it seems like you've done a pretty good job of that. So uh, uh, definitely learned some things. Um, had a brief conversation with Katie. And she said, talk to Rick about the equipment side of it. So Rick, certainly we in Illinois will be speaking to you about how to set things up uh, for our convention next spring, because that's what our membership wants, is us to do a hybrid. So uh, thank you, Florida. I've enjoyed being here. And uh, great job. And uh, a great job, once again, showing ACB how it can be done. Thanks. Thank you, Ray, so much. So, Ms. Sheila, can I take a quick personal moment? Um, I'm sorry, what? I said, can I take a quick personal moment? Sure. So, Ray is downplaying himself, you guys. He is the second vice president of ACB, and I just want you guys to give him a great round of applause. I tell you. And one thing I would like to add is that when this convention is over, Rick will be setting up podcasts for all of our meetings for people to listen to. Also, I would like to thank everyone that is on Zoom. We are sorry you're not here with us, but we appreciate you taking part in our meetings. John, where are And when we get to the point that we have open discussion, please feel free to raise your hand. Cynthia, are you ready? No. Oh, I, I know. We'll, we'll get you a mic. I'm coming to her. She, we already did. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> All right. This is the Constitution and bylaws. It's very important that everybody listen because these are amendments and changes, and we will be voting on them. This is Cynthia Hawkins. Um, first, before I start, I want to thank my wonderful committee, Barbara Brown, uh, Debbie Dryley, who I took over for, and she's still on our committee and very, very active, Will Grignon, Doug Hall, Paul Lewis, and our officer liaison, Jim Crott. So we could not have done it without them. Cynthia, thank you. Just uh, for clarification, will we be
presenting one amendment and then voting on it or in, in debating that amendment, or do we listen to the entire set of amendments and then vote for everything and discuss it? And I was, what, what's the process? Yes, I was just going to move to that. Oh, apologize. Um, so, Madam President, I would propose that I read the current, because there are six constitutional amendments and then two bylaw amendments. And I would propose that I read uh, each amendment separately, and I will read the what the current um, constitution provision is, and then what our proposed amendment is. Is that satisfactory, Madam President? Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Yes, we would vote on them each individually, um, and I'll read what the current. Uh, constitution provision is, and then I'll read the proposed amendment, if that's okay with the, the president. Okay. Yes. okay. She said yes. Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> First proposed amendment to the FCB Constitution, Article 4, Voting. Uh, amended and approved by the FCB Convention and Bylaws Committee at its January 14th, 2021 meeting. Current text, Article 4, voting. A, at annual conventions, each chapter member represented by a delegate shall be entitled to one vote as set forth in the bylaws, Article 2. B, at annual conventions, each member at large in attendance shall be entitled to one vote. Approved proposed text to Article 4 voting. A, at the business meeting of the FCB convention, each certified delegate shall be entitled to a total number of votes as set forth in FCB bylaws Article 2. B, at the business meeting of FCB annual conventions pursuant to FCB bylaws Article 2, each certified member at large in attendance shall be entitled to one vote. And then C, at the business meeting of FCB annual conventions, each FCB officer who is not a delegate shall be entitled to one vote. Uh, and Madam President, would you like me to explain what the changes are in each provision? Okay. Paul, Paul Edwards moved, Tom Hansen second. Okay, so any questions, comments? Okay, certainly. Um, <clears throat> the FCB bylaws article two, the FCB bylaws article two states, and we will be turning to this when we get to the bylaws, states that there is one delegate for every 10 members. And the bylaws that we're going to change in article two in a moment will be that each delegate gets 10 votes or a part thereof. And what this is just saying that 
also in B that uh, members at large also get one vote each. Uh, and then also the officers also get one vote each if they are not a delegate. So they don't get two votes. One is an officer and one is a delegate. They just get the one vote for the officers. That's part C. All in favor say aye. Okay, good. Aye. Yes, Jim. Second proposed amendment to FCB Constitution, Article 6, Officers and Directors. This was also amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 22nd, 2021 meeting. The current text, Article 6, Officers and Board of Directors. A, officers shall be president, first vice president, second vice president, secretary, treasurer, membership secretary. The approved proposed text, Article 6, Officers and Board of Directors. A, officers shall be president, first vice president, second vice president, secretary, treasurer, membership secretary, and immediate past president. And um, would somebody like to move the changes and then I can explain what happened? <laughs> Thank you. Um, what this does is adds to the board of directors, the immediate past president. Right. So in, 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 in many, if you'd like me to explain, Go ahead. in many, in, well, in most nonprofit organizations, the immediate past president is a member of the board. That's why. That, that's the expression. Aye. Aye. All right. Third proposed amendment to the FCB Constitution, Article 7, meetings. Amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 14, 2021 meeting. The current text reads, Article 7, meetings. A, a regular meeting of FCB shall be held once a year and shall be known as the annual convention. A majority of all dele delegates certified and present at the convention shall constitute a quorum. And we are now going to replace that with three, uh, three separate sections. Approved proposed text, Article 7, meetings. A regular meeting of FCB shall be held once a year and shall be known as the annual convention. B. Provided that the FCB Executive Committee determines that extraordinary conditions warrant, warrant the option of remote attendance and that FCB can ensure the same level of access and the same level of privacy and security 
especially with respect to voting, as that achieved at a shared physical location, the annual convention may be held remotely, i.e., wherein attendees may be counted as present by telephone, computer, apps, or any other technological means that maintain the requisite access, privacy, and security. In addition, the annual convention may consist of a hybrid of in-person and remote attendance. C, a majority of all FCB officers, along with a majority of all certified delegates present and duly noted during roll call at the commencement of the business meeting shall constitute a quorum. That's the end of the change proposed changes to Article 7 meeting. Hang on, was that John Harden? Okay. Tom Hansen, second. Any questions? Would you like me to explain the difference? Um, you can if you want to, but let's, I didn't, nobody has any questions. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions? All in favor? Hang on, hang on. Somebody has a question. So the only question I would have, and maybe others are wondering about this too. So when you say present, in if this is adopted, will present mean in person or attending remotely in a hybrid case? Okay, just wanted to make sure of that. Because we're going to probably have to do this too. So I'm just, just curious. Thank you. Um, so yes, a person from ACB, ACB person who asked the question, hello, person who asked the question, the, in, the entire purpose of this amendment is to allow remote attendance or hybrid attendance, but it would be in extraordinary circumstances. So it wouldn't necessarily be our normal mode of business, but in extraordinary circumstances. So that's the whole point of this amendment. You're welcome. I, I call the question. Oh, all in favor? Aye. All opposed? Okay. The fourth, the fourth proposed amendment to FCB Constitution, Article 8, Committees. Amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 22nd, 2021 meeting. Current text, Article 8, Committees. A, standing committees shall be access, archives, awards, budget and finance, constitution and bylaws, convention, education and leadership, employment, executive, fundraising, membership, project insight, public education, publications and publicity, resolutions and technology. The approved proposed text, Article 8, committees. A, standing committees shall be access, archives, awards, 
budget and finance, constitution and bylaws, convention, credentials, education and leadership, employment, executive fundraising, governmental affairs, membership, project insight, publications and publicity, resolutions and technology. I move this change. Okay, call the question. Are there any? Oh, yeah. Could, would somebody Eugene move? Bassey, Eugene. Okay, thank you. Uh, the change here is uh, what I just. Yeah, I, I know. I, I credentials and government affairs are added, and public education has been removed. I call the question. Just tell me, if you say the question, I'll, I'll raise, I'll speak it up. Yeah. Uh, that has not been done yet. We have not received that information. Uh, the committee will take that up at their next meeting once we get a proposal. We haven't received a proposal, so we can't. We haven't, that wasn't brought to us. Our meeting was in January and we had to have all of this information to put in the convention call. Mm -hmm. Second question, someone else has a, she has her hand up. Thanks. So, hi, my name is Janine. So the committee that Gabriel was on the education and whatever committee that he's changing to scholarship we'll have to change for next time and we'll have to do this again to change it in the bylaws. Yes. Okay, perfect. It wasn't brought to us in time to be okay. considered okay. at this meeting. Okay. Um, fifth proposed. Oh, sorry. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Fifth. There are only next six. Fifth. Proposed amendment to FCB Constitution Article 9 amendments amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 14, 2021 meeting. Current text, and uh, I will be reading uh, A, B, and C. Article 9 amendments. A, proposed amendments to this Constitution shall be included in the convention call. Adoption requires a two-thirds affirmative vote of the delegates present and voting at the business meeting. B, to qualify for publication in the convention call, the proposed amendments to this constitution must be approved by the Constitution and Bylaws Committee or by resolution of three chapters. C, bylaws may be amended by a simple majority of the delegates present provided the proposed amendment is presented to the convention at least one day prior to its consideration. <clears throat> Approved proposed text, Article 9, Amendments. A, proposed amendments to this Constitution shall be included in the convention call. Adoption requires a two-thirds affirmative vote of all qualified voters. 
certified with paren certified delegates certified members at large and fcd officers close friends present at the time of the vote b to qualify for publication in the convention call the proposed amendments to this constitution must be approved by the constitution and bylaws committee or by resolution of three chapters c Bylaws may be amended by a simple majority affirmative vote of all qualified voters. Paren, certified delegates, certified members at large, and FCB officers. Close paren. Present at the time of the vote, provided the proposed amendment is presented to the convention at least one day prior to its consideration. I move these changes to be adopted. I have a motion. Wanda's second. Paul Lewis. Any questions? My question regards when you say chapters, does chapter also include our affiliates, such as uh, guide dog users or whatever? Uh, yes. yes. Well, My terms were not known as a chapter. Right. Yes, they, like chapter and affiliates. Well, if we no. Have that right. What it what it includes is two thirds affirmative vote of all qualified voters, and so that includes certified delegates, which would include okay. our chapter and affiliate okay. delegates. But my um, question also, where you have three uh, approved by three chapters, oh, oh, could I'm that sorry. be chapters and affiliates? Um, actually, we're not changing that provision. We're not changing B. Uh, to qualify for publication in the convention call, the proposed amendments to this constitution must be approved by the Constitution and Bylaws Committee or by resolution of three chapters. We're not changing uh, Part B. Thank you. Okay, Paul Edwards, I'm coming to you. But what the change is, is all qualified voters so that we include now and specify certified delegates, certified members at large, and FCB officers. Because as you'll see, we have added the credentials committee and we were making certain that the, the, those who are approved by the, certified by the credentials committee uh, are specifically able to vote. Cynthia, I'm about to perhaps put a fly in the ointment here. Um, traditionally, um, FCB has done constitutional amendments the way we're doing them today, um, which is first trying a voice vote of those present and voting. Um, but it would appear that that, that approach is actually not allowed in the Constitution. If I'm reading the Constitution correctly, what it says is we should be voting by chapter with delegates. Um, and I, I, certainly, I certainly think that, that we ought to do a voice vote. And what I would urge us to do is to continue what we're doing today. But I'd ask the Constitution and Bylaws Committee next year um, to write a provision that will include allowing us to use voice vote um, for constitutional amendments. And, and we will uh, 
certainly uh, consider that if you don't mind, if you could send an email so that I have documentation. I will do what's that. Requested. Yes. And I'm also making a note. Anybody opposed? Who is the aye? Okay. Six proposed amendment to FCB Constitution, Article 11, Procedures. Amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 22nd, 2021 meeting. And I will be reading uh, A and B, and then I will. Sh uh, there will be A, B, and C in the proposed amendment. Current text, Article 11, Procedures. A, in the absence of provisions in the Constitution, bylaws, and policy manual, all procedures of FCB shall be governed by the latest version of Robert's Rules of Order. B, all officers, members of the Board of Directors, committee chairs, committee members, white cane bulletin editors, employees, and independent contractors of FCB must agree to and comply with the organization's conflict of interest policy as stated in the policy manual. Approved proposed text, Article 11, Procedures. A. In the absence of provisions in the Constitution and bylaws and policy manual, all procedures of FCB shall be governed by the latest version, pardon, oh, the latest revision. Let me just start again. Appro proposed, approved proposed text, Article 11, procedures. A, at, in the absence of provisions in, in the Constitution, bylaws and policy manual, all procedures of FCB shall be governed by the latest revision of Robert's Rules of Order. B, all officers, members of the board of directors, committee chairs, committee members, white cane bulletin editors, employees, and independent contractors of FCB must agree to and comply with the organization's conflict of interest policy as stated in the policy manual. C, all members, representatives, vendors, and guests of FCB must abide by the FCB code of conduct as set forth in the policy manual as may be amended from time to time by the board of directors. Um, and we are taking it a little bit out of order we are taking it a little bit out of order because the uh, approved proposed text of the FCB code of conduct um, is comes up in a, in a few more provisions. But it, Madam President, could I take that out of order and now provide the new language for the FCB code of conduct before we vote on the uh, change to the bylaw, uh, to the Constitution? No? Jim Crotts saying no. So just continue, even though they don't know the language that they're. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Eugene Backey made a motion to accept. Janine made a, a seconded. Are there any questions? There, there are a couple of things that, that, that I find difficult about this amendment, but one, one I find impossible. And um, I hope that, uh, that, that, uh, that we can solve this with an amendment. The very last part of, of uh, this says that changes to the code of conduct will be approved by the board of directors changes in the code of conduct of this organization need to be approved by its members present and voting at its convention, not by the board. And, and uh, I, I would propose that we amend it to say that. The language was mailed out, and I don't think the way our constitutional amendment clause is written, you can actually amend a constitutional amendment on the floor. We have never done that. Um, I don't agree with you. Um, in any event, um, my it's up to the Constitution and bylaws chair, but I'm not sure we can take friendly amendments to that in the first instance. In the second instance, I would say in defense of our committees, language. Um, the code of conduct is a document that will have changes from time to time. This is not any attempt at power grabbing, but rather an attempt to allow the board of directors to, which meets more regularly, to, to have this document more fluid and more able to be adjusted as it's called for, and since our board is representative of all of our members by virtue of having membership in all of our chapters and special interest affiliates, I would not think the amendment would be friendly. And, um, and also, please note that this is in the policy manual, the actual code is in the policy manual not being adopted as part of the bylaws or constitution. Uh, so this code of conduct is a new provision in the policy manual, not, as I said, in the part of the constitution and bylaws and or bylaws. And truth be known, if you don't like the way it's written, you can vote no. Correct? And, and all we're doing at this instance is allowing our organization to have a conduct code as part of the policy manual. In about two more revisions, we will be discussing the proposed conduct code itself. So if you, so a vote no would be that you do not want FCB to have a code of conduct. Okay, all in favor, say aye. aye. Opposed? Okay, the ayes have it. 
what's next, Cynthia? Yes. Um, <clears throat> sorry. FCB bylaws. Uh, I have two. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, FCB bylaws, two approved proposed amendments. The first proposed amendments to FCB bylaws, Article 2, voting. Uh, amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 14th and January 22nd, 2021 meeting. Current text, Article 2, voting. A, a chapter or special interest affiliate shall count only a maximum of two, 250 members for voting purposes. Each chapter or special interest affiliate is entitled to have one delegate for every 10 members or fraction thereof up to 250. The chapter or special interest affiliate will be required to pay dues to FCB only for up to 250 members. The entire membership of the chapter or special interest affiliate will be entitled to full services of the organization after having submitted a complete roster to the state membership secretary at the appointed time. B, an individual may be a delegate or board representative for only one chapter or special interest affiliate during a convention. An officer may vote as an officer or as a delegate, but not both. Proposed text, Article 2, voting. A, a chapter or special interest affiliate shall count only a maximum of 250 primary members for voting purposes. Each chapter or special interest affiliate is entitled to have one delegate for every 10 primary members or fraction thereof up to 250 primary members. Chapters and special interest affiliates may not count FCB officers in this calculation, and the majority of a chapter's or special interest affiliates delegates must be legally blind. B, the chapter or special interest affiliate will be required to pay dues to FCB only for up to 250 members. The entire membership of the chapter or special interest affiliate will be entitled to full services of the organization after having submitted a complete roster to the state membership secretary at the appointed time. C, the credentials committee shall be responsible for credentialing members from each chapter and special interest affiliate pursuant to timely submission of chapter affiliate, chapter slash affiliate documents as set forth herein, close paren, and shall submit a list of credential delegates to the FCB secretary for roll call at the business meeting of the annual convention. Only primary members of chapters and special interest affiliates may serve as delegates. D. During the business meeting of the annual convention, each certified delegate shall be entitled to 10 votes or a number of votes from one to nine pursuant to the number of credentialed members the credentials committee determines that chapter 
or special affiliate is entitled to. For example, a chapter or affiliate with 47 credentialed members may have five certified delegates, four of whom shall be entitled to 10 votes and one of whom shall be entitled to seven votes. End of the proposed amendment. Hang on. Um, can I have a motion to accept? Eugene, do I have second? All right, Mary, who? Okay, thank you, Judy. All right, Mary. I'm sorry, I can't reach that far, you guys. Okay, this is Mary, and um, I'm recording secretary for those who may not know or those listening who have no idea who I am. <clears throat> and I wanted to know, as credentials is going to be a new committee, um, are there required members uh, like me or Sally? Or I'm just curious yeah. about that. Secondly, uh, and that's fine, I just want to know. And secondly, uh, did this does this mean maybe I got lost in the weeds somewhere because I do that? But um, does this mean that at a business meeting like today, that I or Sally or whomever is assigned would be calling out individuals as opposed to uh, chapter uh, presence? Well, several issues there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have several. <laughs> So first off, uh, what were the main, one of the main purposes of this amendment is to specify that, although this isn't your question, primary members are um, counted in the 250, up to 250 members. Um, secondly, answering your question about the credentials committee, um, our next amendment is uh, to committees and it spells out who the members of the credentials committee will be. I'm sorry, I must have missed that No, no, yesterday. I haven't gotten there yet. No, but yeah, but I was there yesterday. I, okay. I must have missed it. Yeah. I got more issues than Sports Illustrated. Don't worry about me. I'll be <laughs> all right. Thank you. Okay. I'm Nancy, and I don't understand you've used the word primary in this several times. Could you please explain that? Yes. Um, primary members are those members of a chapter or special affiliate where, as opposed to secondary members, you when you join uh, FCB uh, or any of our chapters, you join a primary a chapter as your primary um, designation. For example, my primary designation is Pinellas Council of the Blind. Uh, however, I'm also a secondary member of, say, uh, special affiliate GDUF. Um, and so each we are when you're uh, when you join your membership secretary should part of the question is is this your primary um, your your first meaning first uh, uh, affiliate or chapter versus your second so suppose I had joined GDUF first before I joined Pinellas then GDUF would be my primary um, membership. She's, they said thank you. And the change is that we want to make certain, it, because it was not 
included in the current text um, that primary members, which is how we have implemented this section, that primary members are those for which you, you count in your chapter and special affiliate designation so that we get FCB is paid the correct amount of funds. Yeah, question, Cynthia. Um, on the section about the um, delegates, I believe you said that a majority had to be legally blind. Yes. Not all, but a majority. So if you're FCCLV and you only have two delegates, that means, you know, is, is one in one considered a majority or would they both have to be legally blind in that case? Um, honestly, uh, I, will, I will put that over to our uh, board member liaison, Jim Crott. Okay, thank you. I guess I deserve that punt. Thank you, Cynthia. You're welcome. <laughs> no problem. I'm smiling behind my mask. Um, a majority is legally um, more than 50%. Um, I think in all due deference, Dan, in this instance, it would be too legally blind. Yes, a simple majority is 50 plus 1%. Uh, may, I, may I call the question? All in favor? Opposed? Okay. Got more, Cynthia? Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, what everybody needs to understand is we didn't get to do this last year. So it's been two years since right. some of this has been done. And this committee is trying to clean up our bylaws and constitution. So I commend them. They so, are. Go ahead, Cynthia. Except I got a great committee. So they. They deserve, they deserve the credit. Um, second proposed amendment to FCB bylaws, Article 8, committees, amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 14th, 2021 meeting. Current text, H, the Credentials Committee. This committee receives credentials from the representative of each chapter and consists of the membership secretary and treasurer. Approved proposed text, Article 8, committees. H, at the annual convention, the credentials committee shall convene a timely credentialing meeting. At this meeting, this committee shall notify each chapter and special interest affiliate how many delegates they are entitled to. Each chapter and special interest affiliate shall then indicate how many delegates they are presenting for certification, as well as the names of these delegates. The credentials committee, finding that the proffered delegates fulfill all requirements, shall then certify these delegates. In addition, this committee shall identify um, to the FCB secretary for roll call purposes, close paren, the names of all members at large who have timely paid their dues and are therefore qualified to be certified members at large 
paren with the right to vote close paren at the convention. That is the end of the new section eight, proposed section eight. Do I have a motion to accept? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Crott. <laughs> it's Mary. When this is done, because I'm also the president of a chapter, um, we choose our delegates. So how much time is this likely to take? Like, how do we choose our delegates? When do we have to have them chosen by? Because uh, it seems like it, that would impact this. Well, the credentials meeting, uh, as long as they're reported at the credentials meeting, there's no requirement listed here for any information per, prior to the credentials meeting, which is held at the convention. Okay, all right, all right. That works for me, thank you. But, but under our new procedures, because there aren't any currently, you would need your names of your delegates and who, which ones are, are current, currently uh, attending. Right, So Understood. If, you have, if you have six delegates and only five appear, you need to say which, which five they are and those names need to be provided to the credentials committee. Okay, thank you. So I have a question as a special interest affiliate say FCCLV, what I have to, t are those sp specific delegates that we're going to have to tell you from the, to the credentials, are they going to have to be here at convention? Are we going to have to tell you that ahead of time, get with them as a membership secretary and let them know that they're going to be a delegate? Uh, yeah, yes, in that if a delegate does not appear at the convention, then they won't be, their votes won't be counted. So a delegate has to, and I, I believe this is answering your question, a delegate has to be present at the convention to vote. I know um, that part. And, but, That's not really my but question. The, but my, the, que my question would be, are, they, are we going to have to ask them ahead of time to, to let the credentials committee know? Not necessarily. Okay. As long as at the credentials meeting, the names are submitted, which happens during the convention, which hopefully those delegates would be selected by then. Um, and, and also understand that if you are an FC, if one is an FCB officer, they cannot also serve as a delegate. Yeah, I knew that part. Okay, well, thank you. What, what, at least what we do with the Greater Orlando Council of Blind, we, we acknowledge delegates for our membership and then we also pick one or two alternate delegates because you just don't know who's going to make it or who may have to leave the convention early. Mm -hmm. So what I didn't hear in this process, and, and maybe it could be handled in the policy, but we declare our delegates and then somebody has to leave and we need to put an alternate in place. How would that process work with this amendment? I would, okay, I have a couple. I would, I would, I would assume that when at the credentials committee meeting, you provide the names of your delegates and your alternates. And, but however, the alternates could not vote unless a delegate is not present, just as you said. So that would be as long as those names, the way I read this, the, the, um, as long as those names are presented at the credentials committee, then that would take care of alternate serving. So our question, we have a question. Do the delegates 
have to be at the credential meeting or does the like president or the board member that is whatever. I just need to know if the delegates need to officially be at the credentials meeting. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't say state that they officially have to be there. But however, the uh, president of the uh, chapter or affiliate needs to have the names and needs to present the names to the credentials committee during the meeting. So it, right now we don't have any procedure at all um, for credentialing. And so, yes, those names would have to be presented, but there's no requirement written here that all the delegates have to be sitting there with their chapter president at the time of the credentials meeting. So, However, if the president isn't there um, to present the credentials of their delegates, then they would not be able to vote. So then maybe we should make it that the delegates have to be at that meeting. No, no, they do not. Um, it, it, as long as the president, so for example, I'm a member of Pinellas Council. I'm a delegate. Eugene Backey, our president, attends the credentials meeting and then presents the names of the delegates just on a piece of paper. And so therefore then those names can be utilized for roll call votes if we take a roll call vote as far as delegates and their votes are concerned. So no, the, the delegates do not have, they have to be at the meeting, obviously, but they don't have to be at the credentials meeting. They have to be at the convention, but not at the credentials meeting. Okay, thank you. Sure. So let me just, as the secretary, as the, uh, whatever I'm, the membership chair, let me tell you how you guys can make this real easy. You all, everybody here, if you're an affiliate or if you are in a chapter, you have a membership secretary. Now, if you, it, whoever that membership secretary is, if you have them come to the credential meeting, if they can, it makes life easier because they know who your membership are. And if you choose your, your alternates and however you do it, if you do it beforehand, and then when you get there, choose an alternate just in case. I call it just in case because you never know life happens. <laughs> um, it makes life easier instead of trying to figure out who's gonna do it. Um, Mary was my membership chair, so she went to the credentials because she readily had all the information already. Does that make sense? Yes. So that would make everybody's life as president or whatever, it makes your life much easier because it gives you, you don't have to hunt it up, you don't have to look it up, you know. And like you say, you just have somebody. So that may help, that may help alleviate some of the questions if you look at it that way. Thank you, Cynthia. This is Nancy. My question is, I know I'm new here, but um, I've been in other organizations and they usually submit in a form, in writing, about a month before of who's going to attend because life circumstances may change. And what I'm hearing and understanding is you don't get a list of who's going to be, the delegates are going to be here until they're at the convention. 
Yes, and that actually makes life easier because yeah. life does change. So um, if someone is, our delegates are obviously uh, nominated and chosen in our chapters uh, in advance of the convention, but if someone is unable to attend the convention as a delegate, it makes actually life a little bit easier to then present the names okay. of the delegates yeah. who are there. Now, if you don't yeah. have a sufficient number of delegates, if you do not have a sufficient number of delegates at your at the convention, then you you one as a chapter will be losing votes because the delegates have 10 up to 10 votes each. So right. it, it would behoove each chapter and special affiliate to make certain that their uh, proper number of delegates are present. Yes, ma'am. I think what, I'm sorry, this is Nancy's cited friend. And what she is explaining is that you send a form out, or if you have a, a booklet each year that lists your officers and your different chairmen or whatever, in that information packet that goes to everybody each year or each president of each chapter, in that you include a form that's the delicate form for the convention. If you have, uh, if you're allowed three delegates, you list all three with the primary at the top. If that one particular can't come, you have the list of the other two and the president has verified that everyone is eligible to be a delegate with their current membership paid and eligibility confirmed. Yes, it's, that for, they're at the actual convention that is to be certified and that's the purpose of the credentials committee. Otherwise, um, the way delegates are chosen it's not necessarily that we know months and months in advance. And so it's not as, um, it's, it's makes it easier for one to be able to um, have your, your number of delegates that you're allowed at the convention. Um, so on the day of the credentials committee meeting, that is the day when we're already here at the convention when each membership secretary or the president or the chapter or special affiliate needs to submit in writing the name of each delegate. Because okay. right now we don't, so we don't provide any information um, regarding the names. It's not required. The names of the delegates are not required to be submitted. So what we're doing is we're actually routinizing our procedure. Okay, well, like I say, in this other organization, yeah, it's, do you um, have a delegate person yeah. at the check-in when you pick up your right. well, registration? Yes, but we're not, I'm sorry, okay. but that's yeah. not, and, okay. and it wouldn't be take, accepted as a friendly amendment as we already discussed. Okay, well, I just didn't know if that would help ease your no, problem. Uh, <laughs> this, no, this actually makes it much easier the way I'm proposing. Okay. Thank you. This is Sharon Youngs, and um, I am the secretary for the Palm Harbor Two Lions Club. 
when the Lions are going to their state convention, and they are at their at right now, um, a uh, form is emailed to the secretary, and the secretary then puts down the names and so forth of the uh, delegates with, uh, uh, you know, these are the delegates and these are the alternate delegates. And those people are, are supposed to sign the thing. So I think that's what uh, the whole question about whether they had to be there or not. So anyway, that's just maybe some clarification, but I know that Lions Club International, that's how they've been doing it for years, okay? All in favor? Anybody opposed? Okay. All righty. Cynthia? Yes. You uh, done? No. Oh, let's go. One more item, as far as I know. Well, actually, two more items. Okay. Um, subsection three. Make sure you eat that mic, honey. Subsection three. FCB Code of Conduct amended and approved, well, proposed and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 22nd, 2021 meeting. There is no current text. FCB Code of Conduct Policy. The Florida Council of the Blind there and after refer, here and after referred to as FCB, is committed to maintaining the integrity of its events by creating a welcoming, professional, safe, and respectful environment for all who attend and or participate in its events. The term events shall include conferences, meetings, functions, or any other gatherings sponsored or convened by FCB. All participants at FCB events are required to adhere to this code of conduct policy as drafted and adopted by the FCB board of directors. This policy defines prohibited conduct as including, but not limited to, unwelcome verbal, visual, or physical conduct on the basis of race, color, sex, religion, age, national origin, disability, genetic information, gender identification, sexual orientation, or any other characteristic protected by applicable law, or disrespectful, offensive, and or threatening conduct, verbal abuse, stalking, bullying, violence, or intimidation. Any person who believes that he or she has experienced or witnessed behavior prohibited by this policy, policy should report the conduct to the FCB president, FCB executive committee, or the FCB event coordinator. Upon receipt of an allegation reported under this policy, FCB will investigate and the FCB president, FCB executive committee, and FCB event coordinator or their designees will thereafter determine what, if any action will be taken based on the circumstances. Such action may include banning the offending individual from the event where the conduct is determined to have occurred, 
and any future events. Nothing in this policy shall limit or preclude the free exchange of ideas and or opinions so long as such exchange does not involve threats or other prohibited behavior as defined in this policy. End of the proposed amendment. Eugene Backey, motion to accept. That was Janine. You're supposed to say your name, please, so Mary can hear for the minutes. There's a motion and a second. Are there any questions? We can't hear. Thank you. Very nicely drafted, and thanks for being inclusive, Cynthia, and your committee. Uh, did I hear correctly? You said banning the offended individual. I, I guess I heard. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Um, offend, it should of, be offending. Offending, right? Yeah, okay. The offending person. Just yeah, wanted to yeah. make sure. I'm sorry. The offending okay. uh, individual. Okay. Uh, yes. Perfect. Sorry. If no I said offended, excuse me, offending no, individual. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> so the, 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 the way that the code of conduct reads at the moment, it says that you either contact the president or, and, and I think I'm quoting, uh, or uh, the executive committee. That would require that the executive committee be called together. And I think what this code of conduct really means is a member of the executive committee. Um, and if you say we can't amend from the floor, Jim, um, what I hope the Constitution and Bylaws Committee will do is to change this. And then I have a point of information. Has this code of conduct yet been adopted by the Board of Directors? That's a no? Thank you. That amendment from the floor issue was only with respect to constitutional amendments because the call requires the the procedure requires that they be circulated in the convention call, so that would not not necessarily apply to this document. Thank you. Yes, a member of the. Mikey second it. I I accept that as a friendly amendment. Okay, and Mikey second it. It's accepted. Okay. Any other questions, comments? Okay. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Anybody opposed? Yay. Let's go, Cynthia. I'm going. <laughs> I'm trying to, I wanted to make a note. Okay, we got, sorry, one more thing. One more, one more thing, sorry. Um, <clears throat> and this is an amendment to the policy manual. F, oh, sorry, FCB Policy Manual, Governmental Affairs Committee, which is a newly created, named committee, not created, but named. Amended and approved by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee at its January 22nd, uh, 2021 meeting, where this committee approved the change in name from the Public Education Committee to the Governmental Affairs Committee and approved the following text for the FCB policy manual. Policy manual change, governmental affairs committee. The purpose of the Florida Council of the Blind governmental affairs committee is to A, 
monitor the ongoing work of the Florida legislature and the Florida congressional delegation and to bring to their attention the positive and or negative effects of proposed legislation on those of us who are blind or visually impaired. B, seek their support for necessary legislation that will end exclusion from the equality of opportunity that is an integral benefit of citizenship in this country. C, evaluate and advise chapter and special interest affiliate leaders as well as the general membership regarding the best avenue for ensuring a positive outcome for the issues they bring forward by recommending legislative or community or state department-based action and to seek national support for any legislative action that may be required to resolve these issues. D, publicize information about legislative initiatives supported or opposed by the American Council of the Blind, ACB. E, publicize the actions taken or under consideration, um, sorry, publicize the actions taken or under consideration by this committee uh, on the FCB website, its listservs, and its executive committee presidents and community calls as appropriate. F, provide information to the FCB membership to equip them to add their voices to the publicity of these issues. G, build relationship with Florida's local, state, and national leaders that will bring about knowledge of this organization and respect for its views and values. H, choose individuals to represent FCB on Capitol Hill during the ACB legislative seminar using the guidelines prepared by this committee and ratified by the FCB Constitution and Bylaws Committee, and I, prepare and host an annual FCB legislative seminar designed to educate and to introduce members to state and national leaders and to allow them to hear from their colleagues who have advocated locally in, the, in Tallahassee and on Capitol Hill. End of proposed amendment. All right, Jim Crott made the motion. Janine Flanagan seconded. Are there any questions? My, my point of information is, are we, are we now setting a precedent that any change that's made in the policy manual must come to the membership of this organization? No, no, we've never had, we've never as, 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 as the membership had to, had to vote for changes in the policy manual. And I, I don't, I just want to know if that's the direction we're taking, because if it is, any changes that are made in the policy manual will have to come before the convention if that's the position we're taking. I don't think it's 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 a matter of setting precedent. I think it was um, deemed appropriate to go ahead and present this to the membership in conjunction with everything else we were doing. The name was changed in the in the uh, documents, and we thought we'd bring the whole thing forward. Um, we 
certainly don't have a requirement to approve it, but it's here, um, and I suggest we go ahead and, 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 and approve it. Thanks, um, Cynthia. I know that was submitted to you by the uh, by the new committee, so I don't know if this would be a motion, uh, recommendation, suggestion, whatever. Um, where you, I think it was C, where you mentioned uh, U.S. citizenship, would you consider or would you relay the message to, um, I believe Debbie, who's uh, the chair, to include U.S. citizenship and or residency? Because we do represent right. members who are not citizens yet. I, I was. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a friendly amendment. Okay. So how would you like to? What would you? What are you proposing? Just including uh, citizenship or residency. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I'm okay with permanent residency. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Anybody opposed? Here ends the report of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. Okay, hang on guys. Nobody made a motion to accept the report. All right. Janine seconded. Anybody opposed? You can leave the room. No. <laughs> you know, I want to add something to this, and I hope everybody hears me loud and clear. There's a reason we have a constitution and bylaws, and it's on the website. And there's a reason we sent out the convention calls 60 days ahead of time when there are changes so that everybody can read them, so that you know what it says, so you can come prepared to ask your questions. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> All right, I am going to make this short and sweet. Next report is the executive committee. And as chair of the executive committee report, I mean committee, <clears throat> uh, we have got the most amazing executive committee. <laughs> Stop there. <laughs> Uh, you guys are so fortunate that you've got the hardworking group that you do that are trying to keep this organization going. So please give them a round of applause. Can I have a motion to accept the executive committee report? Eugene? <laughs> Mikey beat you to it. <laughs> Anybody? Uh, is all in favor? Aye. Opposed? Um, Dan, are you ready? Oh, I could, we could have brought you a microphone. First of all, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our membership, all our chapters and affiliates for just an outstanding job supporting this convention and for all that you've done. So thank you so much. Again, our our sponsorships for the convention this year raised $7,350. Thanks so much to all our sponsors. 
The auction brought in between the virtual and the live auction over $5,000. So thank you all so much for participating in the auctions. Our monthly monetary support program, we had five new people that signed up this convention. So thank you so much. And it's going to mean another $350 a year to the Florida Council of the Blind. So thank you so much. And we are uh, going to draw right now for a smart television for the, yes. I will, I will, yes, thank you. Thank you. How many new people are people and please say your We had five. Five people that participated at this convention. So thank you so much. So Cassandra. Okay, we're gonna have Sheila draw the winner. And it's written, so I'm going to have to have somebody read the name. Okay. All right. Drum roll, please. Who's our winner of the smart television? Ooh. Well, you got, you got a ticket for every $5 that you, you participated in. Yeah. Craig Markowitz. Craig, can you raise your hand? We'll deliver you your TV. <laughs> All right, and just one more thing before we go. Okay, thank you, Jim. Jim's gonna deliver the TV to Craig. Again, thank you so much, Craig. The last item is coming up at this convention and going on right now, the Florida Hurricanes walk team, which you heard about uh, during Mark's budget uh, uh, statement or report. Our goal this year is to raise $18,000 for our Florida Council of the Blind, Florida Hurricanes walk team. The last six years, Florida has finished first at the ACB walk since 2015. And we're going to do it again this year for a seventh straight time. Our uh, walk chair is Leslie Spoon, and our co-captain co 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 is Jim Crott. Please, we appreciate all that you do to support the walk team. Let's bring home first place again to the Florida Council of Mind. Go Florida Hurricanes. Thank you. Wanda Stokely makes the motion to accept the report. Second by Eugene. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Awesome. Oh, good. <laughs> Guess who has the mic? <laughs> so it's really simple, you guys. Um, I'm really excited. Um, the membership committee, my awesome team who keeps me grounded. Thank you guys very much. Um, we have embarked on this wonderful journey of starting an at-large chapter. So if you know anybody who's in the surrounding area, please let them know so they can get in touch with Sally and she can get them the Zoom um, invite. And what's so cool about the Zoom invite is if they can't use Zoom, if there's a telephone number there. We meet every first Tuesday of the month at 7.30. So please let them know that they have a home at FCB. Um, other than that, there's really nothing else to report because I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier just to kind of help you guys um, understand 
kind of what's going on. We're going to be doing the membership committee. They don't know this yet, so they're probably going to beat me later. Um, we're going to be doing some other stuff just to kind of help you guys out with membership. Um, I hear chatter, and y'all know I, I'm a teacher, so it really drives me nuts. <laughs> um, all right, so Jim moves it. Wanda seconds. All in favor? Anybody opposed? Awesome. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the only other committee that needs to report is, guess what? Resolutions. <laughs> So you guys, we got Paul and Paul, if you hang out, I'll come to you. That'll make your life much easier. All right. So we have five, count them, five resolutions. And I am opening the first. So Florida Council of the Blind Resolution 202101. Uh, and this is about paratransit recertification for permanent conditions that will not change. Whereas many of the members of the Florida Council of the Blind are users of local paratransit systems, and whereas in every county where this is available, each applicant must go through a certification process, which assures that the applicant meets the stringent requirements for acceptance as a qualified paratransit user, and whereas in most jurisdictions in Florida, individuals with disabilities must complete the same qualification process every few years, regardless of whether their disability is permanent and not subject to change. And whereas in most cases, blindness does not change for the better. And whereas this recertification process constitutes an undue burden for people who are blind or have low vision, since applicants must often seek help completing a lengthy form, must find a qualified individual willing to certify disability, and may often have to go in for interviews or other qualifying activities. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Florida Council of the Blind and Convention assembled at the Sheraton Orlando North Hotel on this, the second day of May 2021, that this organization categorically opposes the continued use of a recertification process for individuals whose condition is not at all likely to improve, that is burdensome for applicants and counties. And be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution be forwarded to the Transportation Disadvantage Commission of the State of Florida, to each county local uh, coordinating board, and to appropriate legislators in Florida. And be it further resolved that this resolution also be forwarded to the Federal Transit Administration so that they can consider eliminating this requirement from currently existing regulations for individuals whose disability is not likely to improve. And be it further resolved 
that a copy of this resolution be forwarded to the American Council of the Blind so that their resolutions committee can consider writing a resolution of their own and so that this resolution can also be considered by the American Council of the Blind Transportation Committee. The resolutions committee, which met last Monday from 7 to 9.59, recommends a due pass. So do we have a motion? Hold on, stop. We got five people. So the resolutions committee moves it, so we just need a second. Okay. And I think Janine seconded it. So Janine seconded it, because she was there. No, no, just Janine, thank you. Are there, are there questions? As someone who has just had to fill out that tedious five pages days ago, thank you. All right, so we're going on to the second resolution. This one is also short. Florida Council of the Blind Resolution 2021-02, um, reaffirming yeah. our absolute commitment to service delivery through a specialized, separate agency. Um, this resolution is being proposed because there was talk in the legislative session earlier this year about consolidating service delivery um, within both the Department of Education um, and in state government. So we wanted just to go back on record. So this is a relatively short resolution. And I can't imagine that anybody would find it objectionable, but here it is. Whereas the Florida Council of the Blind and many, many other organizations of and for the blind have repeatedly asserted our belief that services can best be delivered to people whose primary disability is blindness through a separate agency specializing in rehabilitation and other training not required for other disabilities and staffed by individuals who are certified to do their jobs by appropriate accrediting entities. And whereas Many studies have reinforced our position by demonstrating the successful placements and outcomes for people who are blind are far more likely to occur in agencies that are independent and separate. And whereas there continues to be discussion in the Florida legislature about consolidating services in various areas, areas of government, now therefore, be it resolved by the Florida Council of the Blind and Convention assembled at the uh, Sheraton Orlando North Hotel located in Maitland, Florida on this the second day of May 2021, that this organization continues to oppose any changes in state government that would lessen the independence and separateness currently enjoyed by the Division of Blind Services. And be it further resolved, that the board of directors, individual chapters, and members of this organization hereby pledge to take such actions, including demonstrations, to vehemently fight to maintain the separate surface delivery for people who are blind, that service. Um, and that is the end of the resolution. The resolutions committee recommends a due pass and so moves. Wanda second. No, we we, we got one. Wanda Stokely there. was the first, the second. All right.
Are there any questions, any discussion? <coughs> Hearing none, all in favor? Opposed? Thank you, sir. Go next. And um, this resolution's a little longer. So <clears throat> this resolution has to do with voting. 2021-03, resolution promoting accessible vote by mail in Florida. Whereas in 2020, the Florida Council of the Blind and five of its members, James Crott, Delore Gingero, Deborah Grubb, Doug Hall and Carl McCoy filed suit against the state of Florida and its 67 Florida County Supervisors of Elections. And whereas that litigation sought to compel certification of the pending vote by mail voting system of, um, of Democracy Live. And whereas the settlement of that litigation in August of 2020 resulted in one, the provisional certification through March 31, 2022 of the accessible democracy live vote by mail voting system with electronic ballot delivery. Two, a requirement that all 67 Florida counties have an accessible vote by mail system in place by March 31st, 2022. And three, the creation of a voting system task force to develop guidelines and make recommendations for the statewide implementation of an accessible vote by mail system no later than September 30th, 2021 for use in all subsequent elections. And whereas to achieve a fully integrated, accessible and usable vote by mail system for Florida's voters who are blind, it is imperative that the involved state and county officials fully understand, cooperate in and achieve implementation of an accessible voting system with electronic ballot delivery and electronic email and or fax ballot return functionality. And whereas in the five states, including Delaware, Maine, Massachusetts, North Carolina, and West Virginia that used the electronic ballot return option in the 2020 election, as part of their accessible vote by mail system, as well as in the 20 jurisdictions that allowed for fax and email ballot return, and the seven states that allowed for some fax ballot return, no identifiable problems or difficulties were reported. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Florida Council of the Blind in Convention assembled at the Sheraton Orlando North Hotel in Maitland, Florida on this the second day of May 2021, that this organization asserts the following. One, the Florida Council of the Blind is proud of the outcome of our litigation 
and is absolutely committed to continue to work tirelessly to implement a complete and fully accessible vote-by-mail system. Two, the state of Florida and all 67 counties and their supervisors of elections must continue to be encouraged and educated about the legal requirements of and, uh, and the inherent need for an accessible vote-by-mail system in Florida with electronic ballot delivery and electronic fax and or email ballot return functionality. Such encouragement and education can only be achieved through the advocacy efforts, activities, and demands of each and every individual Florida Council of the Blind chapter and affiliate president, officer, and member who must individually and collectively make our wishes and our needs for the viability and legal requirements for implementation of an accessible vote by mail system known to every individual county supervisor of elections in the state. So they want to make those things known. While as an organization, we have tirelessly worked for the past 21 years to demand and promote fully accessible voting for Floridians who are blind or have low vision. It is now time for us as individual advocating members to fully inform our supervisors of elections of these needs, the legal requirements therefore, and our intent to use accessible voting, which we must insist be made available to us to the same extent as it is made available to every other voter in Florida. Three, in counties where the supervisor of elections is identified as being reticent to implement the accessible vote by mail mandate by March 31st, 2022, in accordance with the settlement of our voting lawsuit, all FCB members and other citizens who are blind or visually impaired in such counties are encouraged and directed to make a specific accommodations request to their supervisor of elections. Four, Democracy Live is strongly urged to take all necessary steps without any further delay to immediately complete and file with the Florida Secretary of State and Division of Elections its complete application for the certification of its accessible vote by mail system, which includes both electronic ballot delivery and electronic fax and or email ballot return functionality. Five, to achieve full implementation of the outcomes attained by the voting litigation, all voting system producers and vendors of accessible vote by mail systems are urged to immediately apply to the Florida Secretary of State's Division of Elections so that their systems can be fully reviewed, evaluated, and as appropriate, certified for consideration and use by Florida counties in their implementation of accessible vote by mail systems with ballot delivery 
and ballot return functionality. Be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution shall be sent to the Secretary of State, the Director of the Division of Elections, the Director of the Florida Division of Blind Services, the Chair of the Florida Accessible Vote by Mail System Task Force, each FCB president, Democracy Live, and all other producers and vendors of accessible voting systems identified by the Florida Accessible Vote by Mail Systems Task Force. That's the end of this very short resolution. <laughs> <coughs> and the resolutions committee recommends a due pass and so moves. Janine seconds. Are there any questions? Um, are there questions? Jim's got a comment. You know, I made my living writing by the word. We are adding to this resolution the names of, in the last um, Be It Resolved clause, Representative Anna Eskamani, uh, the speaker at our legislative seminar on Friday, and also the chair whose name we will provide of the PIE committee, which is Public Intelligence, Integrity and Efficiency in Elections Committee or Voting Committee or something like that. Uh, we will add those two names in there. Thank you. Any other questions? All in favor say aye. Opposed? Resolution uh, 04. This is not as long. <laughs> Whereas is, it is a challenge for any hotel at any time to meet the special needs of a large group of people who are blind or have low vision. No. Uh, not unless, I, why? Well, I, I Paul, come we're going to distribute it. So, okay. uh, so the, the the question was whether someone from the hotel could be here to to hear this, and I, I don't think that's going to work for for now. But we'll be you'll see what we what we propose to do as the resolution goes on. Whereas, given the additional requirements imposed by COVID nineteen. Dealing with this group of people who are blind becomes even more complex. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Florida Council of the Blind and Convention assembled at the Sheraton Orlando North Hotel in Maitland, <laughs> Florida, on this the second day of May 2021, <laughs> that this organization wishes to express our deep appreciation for all the work done by the staff of this hotel to make our stay both pleasant and fruitful be it further resolved that we respectfully request that the management distribute our resolution so that the hotel staff will know just how much we appreciate all their efforts. The resolutions committee recommends a due pass. Do I have a second? And so moves. Yep. Who has? Janine seconds. <coughs> there is a question. Uh, Mr. Chair, did we, we pass this? I, I just don't remember. 
the committee. <laughs> I wouldn't admit that if I were you. <laughs> I mean, I would have been very glad to, uh, to, to, have, to have not done it, but, uh, <laughs> but we had already been meeting for three hours, and I think people were, were kind of glad to be rid of me. <laughs> so if there, are, if there are no other questions, Madam President, you could call it. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? One more, Mr. Edwards. Florida Council Hold of the on. Blind. Thank you. Um, resolution 2021-05, volunteer appreciation. Whereas it is difficult for people who are blind to adjust to new environments and to be able to get from place to place on their own, and whereas willing volunteers can and do make a huge difference at a convention such as this one, now, therefore, be it resolved by the Florida Council of the Blind and Convention assembled at the Sheraton Orlando North Hotel in Maitland, Florida on this second day of May 2021, that this organization and all our members who have benefited uh, from the assistance of volunteers, which to express our deep appreciation for all the time and effort volunteers have made available, that has made our convention significantly more enjoyable for those people who are blind or have low vision. And be it further resolved that it is our hope that our volunteer coordination team will distribute this resolution to the volunteers who have assisted us at this convention so they will know how much we appreciate their help. The resolutions committee recommends a due pass and so moves. Um, I, I, I know we've gotten a couple of seconds, but I didn't hear the names. It's Eugene did it. I heard Eugene first. Mary's got it under control. Very good. Any, any comments, questions? I just have a quick question. I know everybody had a lot of volunteers. Um, I had a lot of my local friends come and you said this will go to the volunteer coordinator. Uh, could there be a way that I could have a copy of this to send to my friends that came out all weekend long and has That's helped? That's easy. We can put it in an email. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> That's a simple fix. All in favor? Opposed? <laughs> Are you through, Mr. Edwards? All right. <laughs> I will entertain a motion to accept the resolution report. Eugene made the, the motion. Who seconded? John. John Harden. Okay. Um, all in favor? Aye. Opposed? Thank you so much, Paul, and the committee. And I, I was on that committee meeting. <laughs> all right. As far as I know, we have no other committee reports, correct? Okay. Under unfinished business, there's one thing I'm going to ask the Publications and Publicity Committee is that you please look into chapter information such as their constitutions um, be put on the website for FCB. 
under the chapter. And I would also request that all chapters look at your information and see if it is correct as far as your contact person, your mission statement, et cetera, et cetera. And if it isn't correct, you need to get with the publications and publicity. And then with um, after that, Shelly will get in touch with Katie. And in, as a follow-up to that, we need to thank Erlene Hughes so much for managing our website. So give her a round of applause. Um, I'm a little confused, Madam President. Well, one thing, I guess I have a very brief report, and that is that I will be calling a committee meeting probably within the next month after convention. But I'm a little confused. What is it exactly you're asking me to do? Your committee, in your committee report, this was requested two years ago, I believe, that the chapter information, we figure out a way to put the constitutions of each chapter on the website. That was a request at one of our meetings, and I don't remember exactly which one it was. That's a bad idea. <sighs> hey, sorry about that. <laughs> um, go ahead. Is that all you had? That was it? That was easy. <laughs> um, also, as far as committees go, there will be possibly some changes. You never know. And if there is an area that you're interested in helping on, please get in touch with me or get in touch with the, com the committee chairperson because I appoint the chairs. I do not put people on the committee. That is the chair's decision. So if you are interested in a particular committee, the chair, off chair phone numbers and emails are on the website and that is fcb.org. <clears throat> Okay, any other unfinished business? Who's Madam President? It, it's Katie. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I got my own microphone. <laughs> I'm saving you a trip, Cassandra. Um, I would like to uh, finish door prizes, Madam President, if that's okay. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Okay, yesterday we had this wonderful presentation from our FCB presidents, and we have the memory CDs and some of them were already mentioned. I will go over who the winners were that we drew yesterday. Grant Downey, Delore Ginchero, Don Sanders, Joanne Lowry, Wanda Stokely, Anisio Coria, and our members that we're gonna finish drawing today are Shirley Roberts, Randy Randall, Anthony Corona, and Barbara Brown. If you are in the room, Sally has them. Please see her. Thank you. And thank you. All right, under unfin I mean, <laughs> under new business, um, as we all know, last year would have been our elections for officers, and it did not occur because we did not have a convention in person, and we didn't hold a business meeting. Um, I guess my question to the membership because all of you know my attitude, the members run this organization, not me. What is your intent as far as 22? Is that going to be this term's election or are we automatically termed out? I need uh, a suggestion, input, 
and try to make it short and sweet if we can, because I know the keys, Mikey said, might lock out at noon, even though we've been given till one. So it is, I don't even know what time it is. It's 11.30, so let's try to keep this short, as short as we can. I've only got a couple more items. So is there any input on what we should do and how we should move forward? Cannot hear you. Hi, this is Janine. <laughs> um, when would be the next election if we decide to let y'all stay now? Um, and Or do we just leave you now and then when do we vote for the next time? The election should have been last year. And there was no business meeting, so there was no election. The officers have held over until 2022. You have two choices. First, you can view the two years from 2020 to 2022 as a reelection of the officers as if it took place, and count these two years as the second term uh, of these officers. Alternatively, you can simply say that the officers completed one four-year term, which they did, and they can be eligible, if they are eligible, for a second term to run again in 2022. That's the issue. It could be decided um, by the president or by the executive committee or by this body. And I've done a lot of research and contacted our, please mute your phone. Um, I contacted our constitution and bylaws chair she researched Robert's Rules of Order, and because of the circumstances, the Robert rules, Robert's Rules was 1997. Yes. <laughs> so there is no precedent for this. So what is the membership's desire? How would you like us to move forward with this? Thank you. I would like to move that the Four year, because of our unique extenuating circumstances, that the term between 2018 and 2022 be considered for the point of this discussion as a first term, and all our existing officers are eligible in 2022, if they've only served one term, to run for a second term in 2022. Janine seconds it. There is a motion on the floor for us, the current officers, to be eligible to run for our second and <clears throat> a couple of us final term and a second. Is there discussion? All in favor? Opposed? No.
Oh. Dan, my Dan. <laughs> my in the mail. Thank you very much, Dan. <laughs> Mikey's sitting over here going, please. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. I know that it's been a tough year for everyone, and including us. But... Um, you know, we do love you guys, and we love this organization, and we will do the best we can. Yes? This is uh, Ray Campbell, second vice president. I just wanted to say a quick goodbye. I'm getting ready to head out of here. Um, my ride's on the way, so uh, I'm going to get ready to head on out of here. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, putting up with me this weekend and uh, letting me be a part of uh, your uh, convention, as I said, I've learned a lot, and uh, um, and uh, y'all take care, and uh, hope to see a lot of you virtually at the national convention this summer. So Thank you, Ray. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Have a safe flight. <laughs> Mr. Campbell. I would just like uh, you to know that we have a patent pending on our intellectual property for this setup because I feel like you were coming to observe. Um, so if, you, if you're planning to hawk our ideas, no, I'm kidding, buddy. That's what we're here for. We're, we're happy to share. I hope you're going to take back something, and I hope that yours is as successful as ours, my friend. Safe travels. Okay, the next item under new business is um, for those new members that don't know because ACB is doing voting this year. And we do do a caucus. We do do. We do do. <laughs> we hold a caucus with Massachusetts, Maryland, and Virginia every time there is an election. I spoke with Massachusetts. It's, um, he, yeah, the whole state. <laughs> We're getting punchy, <laughs> with good reason. Um, the um, president of Massachusetts is going to highly encourage his membership to participate in the Board of Publications caucuses because there are 13 elections this year. And for us to do a caucus, as well as the BOP, which, you know, as I just said, Board of Publications, um, they're going to hold one, and I would strongly encourage us to um, participate in that and not hold our own. So I would love a motion for that. <laughs> Second, Leslie. Any discussion? You will be notified when the caucuses will be. Like I said, there will be three, I believe I understood there's three separate caucuses, correct, Dan? Or do you know yet? Oh, Paul, why am I asking Dan? <laughs> um, I am a member of the Board of Publications. There will be, uh, there will be one caucus. I think, um, I think I'm correct that, that we have decided that because of the way elections are being handled this year, and because there will be so many, we're not going to do a town hall meeting during the convention. Um, because by the time that we would be able to hold one that would make any sense, 
uh, a lot of the elections would have gone by anyway. So we will be holding uh, probably two, um, though it hasn't been categorically decided, it was, uh, it was left as an open decision for our May meeting. But I'm going to suggest that we'll be holding two meetings because remember, we have an awful lot of people to elect. And also remember to look at your candidates' pages, which will come up or come out before the end of May, that will give you an opportunity to uh, hear the answers to questions that candidates for positions um, will, will be writing up on the candidates' page. And vote for me for the Board of Publications. There's a motion to participate in the BOP caucuses. All in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? Um, will you please give Dan Spoon a, a, a microphone, Cassandra? No. Okay. Um, the next thing on my agenda is voting at national. Um, it, that way Dan can answer any questions. But if you didn't participate in our community call, shame on you because <laughs> it was a good call. I learned a lot. There's going to be individual voting and um, delegate voting. So I'm the delegate for FCB, Mikey's the alternate, and Jim Crott will be the representative to the nominating committee. Um, and what I would like to see us do, and we will talk about this on a president's call, I would like to see all of you pay attention to your emails. I would like to see all of you um, look at the ACB website about with the candidates. And then I think you can, you can independently vote. You will have a code to vote. And everybody will have their own. You, you cannot share it. You can't say, oh, well, I can't, I can't find my email. I don't know my code. Or it came in the mail and I don't know it. Um, but I would encourage the presidents to let me know how your chapter wants to vote ahead of time. I realize there's probably going to be people that are going to be nominated from the floor. The good thing is, if there's a nominee from the floor, then the election stops until the next day. So we have that afternoon for you to call me and tell me who you might want to vote for, or Dan, what is it? 30 minutes after? Correct. After the candidate speeches, there'll be 30 minutes uh, before we start the affiliate roll call vote. So there'll be time for the affiliates to caucus with their members. Exactly. Well, however, Sheila decides she wants to gather the, the input from, from the FCB members. So there's two ways you can reach me. One email, two phone. And once those, you know, I mean, if, if Dan Spoon is running for president and um, let's say Mickey Mouse runs against Dan, okay, you're going to vote for Dan, you're going to vote for Mickey Mouse, you're going to wait till the next day till you hear the speeches, okay? So, <laughs> so and we get 25 delegates. So please listen, this is important if you really want to know how to vote. Everyone 
has an individual vote that is a paid member that was certified. And that was certified the end of March. The certification process uh, is uh, finalized, I think, with payment by April 30th, uh, but was submitted by, uh, I believe, uh, March 15th and March 30th. Okay. The, you, you, if somebody joined as an FCB member right now and was entered into the membership Shh. database, as long as you're a member in good standing by June 16th, 30 days before the start of the annual uh, business meeting, which is what we call our record date, you're eligible and certified to vote. So as I said, you will get a notification with your code. Go to members.acb.org and register. If you're not registered, if you are able to do that, if you're not, you can call the office, can't you, Dan? Most certainly. You can call the Minneapolis office, which is 612-332-3242. Again, that's 612-332-3242. And they'll help you get registered in your members.acb.org. Um, it's your one time you kind of set up a profile and then you're going to use that in order to register for the convention, register for auctions, uh, receive donor information, you know, tax information. So all that will come start working through that portal. You do not have to have been registered through that in order to receive uh, a, a ballot to vote. As long as you're a member in good standing, whether you go to the convention or not, it does not require you to go to the convention. If you are a member in good standing, you will receive a notification from Vote Now, which is the company we have contracted with to do all of our individual balloting. You will have a choice of voting either through email, on the touchtone phone, or on the phone with an operator. You will receive an eight-digit code, which verifies that you are a valid member of ACB, uh, you will receive that uh, code either in an email notice, if we have a valid email address for you at American Council of the Blind, or if you do not have that, then we will send it to you in the mail, in braille or large print, whatever your um, accessibility preference is. And those will be mailed out six weeks prior to the uh, convention for the braille and large print in a few days for email just because we want everybody to be comfortable that the email is at the beginning of their email box, uh, at top of their email box. In addition to that, we will be holding a mock election on July 9th, one week before the start of the convention, so everybody can practice and feel comfortable that they understand the process and they have a valid code. That code will be the same code for every ballot. So once you have the code, you have it for the entire election process, which will run from Monday, July 19th, the first day of general session, through potentially Saturday with an extended day after the end of the convention. As Paul mentioned, we have 13 positions that are up for re-election. Some of them may even require a runoff. So depending on how many candidates that we have that run and any 
uh, runoffs that we may have to have because we have more than two candidates running, uh, we are not exactly sure how many actual ballot elections we'll have to have. If only one candidate runs, then they get a voice vote by acclamation and we'll go on to the next election. So we'll just stream through the contested elections one a day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're gonna to try to get through either five or six on Friday. And then if we have any left, they'll run over into Saturday until we've exhausted the entire ballot. Not through the rest of your life, but through this educational cycle. <laughs> no, yeah, we're going to, never mind. That was going to be a bad joke. So I won't say any more, John. And Katie is also going to help me with um, accepting phone calls and email for the voting. So this is how we're going to do it. You're, you're going to do your own on your own. I'm not doing it for you. And then if presidents could possibly have a way within that 30 minutes, if there's a contested election, if you could possibly get in touch with me and let me know what your chapter would like to do. Like I said, we have 25 delegates. So, and it's calculated very weird. <laughs> I can't even do it in my head. So, um, but that's how I would like to, for us to handle the voting for this year. So are there any questions? There will be community calls on this, I'm sure. And if you haven't listened to any of this education, it, I, I learned a lot the day that they did it um, for the FCB call. So um, are there any questions? Cassandra, would you give Jim the microphone, please? While she's walking down, I just want to mention that I did send out via at the FCBL list the um, link for our last community meeting where this was discussed. So you can listen to the recording. Is everybody tired yet? Exhausted. All right, you need to wake up because I have some really, really good news. Yay. I have some, some, some nice news. It's sad news, but for FCB, it's, it's very nice news. Um, and Agnes Capetto, who was a member of the Venice chapter a long time ago, passed away on August 23rd, 2020. A beneficiary of her estate to receive a 3% share of her estate was the Venice chapter. Um, the estate was estimated at that time at approximately $628,000. Um, 3% uh, less after fees should put uh, our share at twenty dollars to $23,000. I uh, crafted a request to the attorney that is handling the, the estate and the personal representative, indicating that Florida Council of the Blind was the appropriate beneficiary of this bequest. Um, the Venice chapter's name was officially changed to the South okay. Sarasota Council of the Blind. Um, and South Sarasota assumed 
the being, name, responsibility, and assets of the Venice chapter. Unfortunately, that chapter was dissolved um, officially, I guess, finally in February of this year. Um, and um, my position was asserted that, that by virtue of that dissolution and the, their constitution, the assets uh, inured to the benefit of the Florida Council of the Blind. I am pleased to report to all of you that I have communicated with the law offices of the attorney um, and have been advised that my position is going to be accepted by the trustee without further objection. They are not firm about when the uh, distribution of estate assets will take place, but I'm expecting uh, that to occur within the next six to eight weeks. In conjunction with that really good news, I have a proposal and I'm going to hereby request after this proposal a resolution from this body. It was my privilege and pleasure to read in the Braille Beat, a publication of the National Braille Press, put out most recently, that they have received a $125,000 donation from a trust in California, in Santa Rosa actually, to fund for one year, I think it's $150,000, I'm sorry, um, 125 annual subscriptions to the Braille Book Club, which distributes monthly a print Braille book to children. So it promotes literacy and it promotes Braille and it reaches families that have a need for a print braille book. It is an extremely valuable uh, asset and thing. Um, I have been a member of that uh, program since it was founded in 1983. Um, and it has made incredible readers out of my son, my daughter, and my three grandchildren. The um, development director of National Braille Press advised me on Friday that they have now received a second uh, $125,000 gift, and they're going to therefore fund not 100, but 200 annual free subscriptions to print Braille books. I am asking this organization in view of the 20 plus thousand dollars that we will be receiving, give a 10% thereof or $2,000 to the National Braille Press towards the match that they're looking to raise 
to fund this program to promote Braille literacy in, in this country. Do I have a second? Mary, Mary Tyson seconded. Mary Tyson seconded it. Are there any questions or further discussion? There being none, I call the question. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Thank you very much. Okay, the last thing I have is that the Florida Council of the Blind will be making donations during national convention. We will be donating $500 to the Braille Forum, $500 to the ACB radio team, or ACB media, <laughs> which they're going to be known as, um, $100 in door prizes, and we're going to be donating an item for the auction. <laughs> So that doesn't need a motion because it's already been decided. So um, thank you, FCB, for donating to ACB Radio. And are there any other unfinished business? Um, Katie, I have, I have been totally remiss. Is there anybody on Zoom that has been wanting to say anything? Don't worry, I would have let you know. <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everyone. <laughs> this has been an emotional roller coaster for all of us. And I can't believe that we did it and we're done. And thank you, God. <laughs> I also want to thank so much all of the hard work that went into this by ACB Radio. So thank you, everybody. Motion to adjourn.